Good morning, everyone. I am so glad to see everybody's smiling faces this morning. I'm so glad to be here at Crestview Baptist Church with you guys as we come together and worship the Lord this morning. And it's also and it's also a day we get to celebrate uh, our independence as a country, and that is an exciting day and it is a great a great thing for that is to be in church thanking God for the independence that um, that he allows us to have in this country and the freedom that we have in Christ. So I'm just so thankful for that. If you're a guest and you're with us, um, there are visitor cards in the pews in front of you. If you would, uh, if you've never filled one of those out before, if you would fill one of those out and drop it in the offer, I mean, in the offering box outside, uh, we would love to have a record of your visit with us today. Um, Quite a few announcements. Um, in case you haven't noticed, in a couple a couple of weeks ago, we started having bulletins again. So be sure you grab a bulletin outside. Um, they have our announcements in them um, going through the whole month. Uh, but this week, we have a work day coming up on Thursday at 6 o'clock. The Baptist men and other people, we, they have been working down at the creek and... Uh, upgrading our bathroom facilities at the creek and some other things so that's exciting and i think i think they plan to have that done by our picnic right maybe i don't know they're all not saying anything huh hopefully uh, so we have our and we have our picnic coming up uh for the month of july on sunday july 25th don't forget that um Joy has an announcement in just a minute, but first, but first, before I call Joy up here, I want to brag a little bit, not on me, on God, and uh, I want to talk about Bible school this week. Um, I think everybody knows we had a Bible school this past week, uh, started Sunday, and it ran through Wednesday night. It was a very eventful and busy week. I had uh, several... Um, several people who made decisions of faith, who you'll hear about later, I'm sure, as uh, they, uh, I'm sure they'll be coming to make it publicly known sometime in the next uh, week or so. And uh, but on average, each night we had 33 kids from birth through sixth grade each night. An average of 33 kids. Now, the most we had one night, we did have 36 one night. But 30, 33 was the average. And, when, and I, if I counted right, and I, I went through, I think we had, I just remembered Nick sitting up there, so I'm going to change my number to 22. We had 22 adults. I looked at him, and I remembered that he sat up in the crow's nest all week. Uh, but we had 22 adults, if I'm counting right, come out and assist with Bible school every night. And I'm so grateful for that. And uh, so grateful that these guys were willing to uh, take time out of their busy lives and as we served our community through uh, Bible school. And I'm just so thankful for that and the support you guys give the youth and the kids in the church. I don't think I have any more announcements, so I'll have Joy come up right now. And uh, she's got an announcement. Oh, wait a minute, I do have an announcement, Joy, I'm sorry. Up, down, up, down, right? Um, I did forget one. The Baptist men have started a fundraiser. Um, if you came in this door over here on the side, there is a chair sitting there. And they're going to be selling those chairs for $150 a piece to raise money for our Baptist men's projects and things that we do. Um, so if you're interested in one of those... You can get them as made for $150. You can talk to Whitey or Terry or uh, just find somebody and we'll point you in the right direction. But if you want it made out of another material, which would be fine too, you just have to talk with them about price. I asked them what it would cost to make one out of solid gold, and uh, I just wrote them a check and said, go ahead and get it done. No. <laughs> So, uh, but no, just uh, those chairs. And if you want to see one, it's out here. And uh, I'm going to try, I'll take a picture and, and me or Artie will and post one online on the website so you can see them if you're watching at home. So now it's Joy's turn to come up here. And after prayer, just I invite you to turn your hearts to God. Come on, Joy.
Okay, um, I want to thank Chad for all his planning and for the good Bible school that we had. Uh, everything went fairly smoothly, and uh, like I said, we had a lot of workers and a lot of good kids. Uh, you probably are wondering what the Christmas tree is doing out in the festival. Uh, WMU decided that we would start having Christmas in July and collecting for uh, shoebox items for the children and youth. So on the back of each ornament, we have written a item that's needed for shoeboxes and on some of them a quantity. So if you'll take one, two, three, as many ornaments as you want and bring back your donations. And we're asking also if you'll put them in a bag with the ornaments so that we'll know what age you're buying for and um, who it goes to. And that way in November, when Chad decides what day the kids will pack, we'll have uh, all of it together and organized for him. Also, if you want to make a donation of money to help with shipping, we've got a Samaritan's Purse shoebox sitting out there, and you can make donations, and uh, probably all of it will go to shipping because we're hoping to get enough items for them to pack without uh, having to use any money for that. And I think that is all we have. Does anybody have any additions to the tree or anything? No. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Uh, thank you for being here. I do have a couple of things I need to, to, to talk about before. The first being Chad's chair of gold, Jim, finance committee. No raises, cut. We're paying him way too much. Okay. <laughs> just joking. Uh, okay. You understand? I'm just joking. <laughs> okay. Just making sure. <laughs> <laughs> Just making sure. Uh, I'd feel terrible if he got his pay cut. <laughs> just, uh, second thing, if you do notice in your bulletin, we are quickly approaching the end of our church year, which means that we will be starting deacon nominations again to be able to vote on them um, in August. So we're going to do deacon nominations on the 18th. That is the same day that we will have our deacons meeting that morning, as well as our business meeting um, immediately following the service that day. But during the morning service, before we get started with everything, we will take deacon nominations. You can expect to receive a letter from me probably this next week um, laying out things. You will also hear I will be uh, talking about the requirements of a deacon and asking you to be in prayer for who God would lead you to nominate as a deacon. This is not a popularity contest. I cannot stress that enough. God has already chosen who he wants to serve. We have to seek his will in choosing the right person that God has set aside to serve as deacon in our church. So please begin praying for that, and you'll hear more information about it as we continue. Also, this morning, as we go to the Lord in prayer, please remember to pray for Vicki Morrison and her sister, Candy Ayers. Candy, um, this past week, was taken from Peak Resources with a UTI and has become septic. She is in the hospital right now, and Vicki is with her. And she is not doing well. Her kidneys have started shutting down. So pray for Candy and Vicki as well um, during this time. Also, we have uh, three surgeries that I know of coming up. Um, Sandra will be having knee surgery on the 9th, right? In the prayer list, it says the 6th, because I, I heard the 6th when she told me, and I wrote it down, but it's the 9th. And then Rick Reeves will be having knee replacement surgery on the 12th. And then Larry Ledbetter will be having eye surgery on the 12th as well. Correct, Larry? So pray for them. Pray for uh, Rick as he is recovering. Um, Rick Stowe, as he is recovering from a, uh, what they would consider a slight surgery this past week. Um, so remember to pray for him and Donna as well. 
and just look through the prayer list. It is out in the on the bullet or at the welcome center. Look through that. That is the prayer list up to date as I, as we know it right now. So continue to pray for all those. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Continue to pray for Kim Pendleton, but she is starting to gain weight back. Nine, pa- nine to ten pounds in the last two weeks. Okay. So uh, continue to pray for her. And I also want you to ask you to pray for the children and the families that were at BBS. As Chad said, we had a few that, that had made decisions to follow Christ as their Savior. But at the same time, there are some more that are asking questions and that are wanting to talk about uh, making decisions for Christ. So pray for them that this will continue and uh, that we will be able to do what we need to do about making new disciples of the future generations. So at this time, please join me in prayer as we begin our time together. Our blessed Heavenly Father, We humbly come to you. Dear Lord, today is July 4th. It is our nation's birthday. It is the day that we celebrate our independence as a country. And dear Lord, we are so thankful for this country that we live in. But we also lift it up to you in prayer. Dear Lord, our Pledge of Allegiance says one nation under God, but we are so divided right now. And dear Lord, the decisions that are being made, many times things that are being preached from the pulpits have nothing whatsoever to do with God. Dear Lord, I pray that we feel the unity in our country that we once had. Dear Lord, that Christians would stand firm on your words. That we will be rooted in Scripture. And that we would teach with all boldness, but also teach in love to follow your commands that we would prove that we are your disciples by how we love one another and how we obey your commands, dear Lord. And you've commanded us to love our neighbor as ourselves. Dear Lord, what our country needs more right now than ever is for Christians to show the love of Christ in our words and our actions. And I ask you, dear Lord, that you do that right now. Dear Lord, you have heard the requests that have been made this morning. Be with Candy and Vicky this morning. Touch Candy's body, dear Lord. Strengthen her and heal her. Be with Sandra and Rick and Larry as they have surgeries approaching, dear Lord. Be with Rick and Donna. Thank you for what we're seeing in the life of Kim as she is gaining weight. But I lift Kim up to you this morning, dear Lord, asking you to continue to strengthen her body. And dear Lord, I pray for these young people that have accepted Christ as their Savior during VBS. And I pray for those that are seeking and asking questions. Dear Lord, give Chad the words to say as he ministers to them. And above all, dear Lord, this morning as we have gathered together, yes, we are here to celebrate our country's independence. But more than that, dear Lord, we're here to celebrate our risen Savior and to celebrate the freedom that we have through him. Dear Lord, be with us today. 
just within this short hour, take all the distractions away from us so that we may fully focus on you. And may your spirit move among your people this morning so that hearts and ears will be open and lives will be changed with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we give you all the honor and glory for it all. And it's in the precious name of Jesus Christ, our Savior, we pray. Amen. Would you stand as we say our Pledge of Allegiance, first to the American flag, then to our Christian flag, and then to the Holy Bible. Attention, salute, and pledge. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. I pledge allegiance to the Christian flag and to the Savior for whose kingdom it stands, one brotherhood uniting all Christians in service and love. I pledge allegiance to the Bible, God's holy word, and will make it a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path, and hide its words in my heart that I may not sin against God. And would you remain standing as we sing the first and the last verses of the Battle Hymn of Republic, Mine Eyes Have Seen the Glory, page 633. start working their way down front here for our children's sermon this morning. I'm going to tell you what, it's just, I'm so glad to be able to call them back forward again. That just makes my day just to have them come up here for a couple reasons. One, it's just, I just love having them up here. And two, you just never know what's going to happen. So it's a lot of fun. All right, guys. Today is the birthday of our country. Did you guys know that? It, it is the birthday of America we live in. And as when we go out to children's church in a little bit, we're going to talk a little bit more about why, we're so, why I'm so grateful that we live in a country that's free. But I want to talk to you guys about a guy who was very, very important the night on one of those very important nights. And his name is Paul Revere. Have you guys ever heard of Paul Revere? Paul Revere is very famous because he, you know, well, and you guys might not know this out here, but did you know that Paul Revere never went out screaming, the British are coming, the British are coming. That is not a fact. The fact is that on the night 
of April the 18th, 1775, he made a historic midnight ride to go and warn that he went to warn John Hancock and Samuel Adams of the approaching British army. And by him warning and proclaiming that the British army was coming to Samuel Adams and to John Hancock, that it changed the outcome of that battle because if they didn't know they were coming, it could have went a whole different way. Now, why am I telling you this? This is a question that we're all asking. Well, what's something special you guys know? You guys, who knows about Jesus? Who knows? Raise your hand if you know about Jesus. All right? Raise your hand if you know that Jesus is coming back one day. All right, so you guys all know that, right? So it is your responsibility, if you know that, to be like Paul Revere and go out and proclaim to the world that Jesus Christ is coming back one day and tell everybody that you come in contact with about what he did. Because somebody, say, for instance, if you're in a room and you say, well, I need to tell this person about Jesus. And you say, well, you know what? I don't have time to tell this person about Jesus. Somebody else to tell them. Well, what if nobody else does? What if Paul Revere would have saw the British were coming and he said, you know what, I'm busy. There's a good game on I want to watch. They didn't have games on TV then. They didn't, TV was still, TV wasn't existing then. It didn't exist then. They didn't have much on, wasn't much on the te television. That would have been boring, wouldn't it? Yeah. Man, whew. But, so what if Paul Revere would have been too busy to go out and warn them that the British were coming. They would have never known about it, right? What if you guys are so busy in our daily lives that we're too busy to share the gospel, to share Jesus Christ with somebody? Well, we should be, never be too busy because maybe you're the person that God placed in that other person's life to hear the gospel from. So I want to challenge you guys, and we're going to read some scripture when we go out. Um... And, uh, but I'm going to share one right now. Paul, in Acts, he's in chapter 17, verse 23, he says, Therefore, the one whom you worship without knowing, him I proclaim to you. God, who made the heavens and everything in it, since he is Lord of heavens and earth, does not dwell in temples made by hands. And it... And he continues to talk, and we're going to continue to read that scripture. But Paul proclaimed the gospel here. And I want to challenge you guys to go out and share Jesus Christ to those that you come in contact with, okay? So we're going to pray, and Miss Faith is going to meet us at the back door. And I believe Miss Laura Martin is going to go with us too. And uh, so we're going to bow our heads and pray real quick, okay? God, thank you so much for this day, for each one of these boys and girls. Give us the courage and the strength to go out into the world and proclaim the gospel, tell the world about Jesus, and who he, about who he is, and that he's coming back one day. Give us the strength and the words to say. I'll just ask in your name. Amen. All right, go, guys. Go line up back there.
We just need some fireworks now. My, uh, title of the servants today is to be free in Christ. But there's some things that I want us to understand before I get into this. Freedom is one of the things that is most misunderstood. You see, people think that when they're free, they're able to do whatever they want to, however they want to, whenever they want to, to anybody they want to. When I was in school, I had a teacher that said, that your right ended where her nose began. Or our freedom ended where her nose began. We do not have the right to force anything on anybody else. I always tell my kids, Don't play your music too loud because our neighbors have the right not to have to listen to what you want to listen to. Right? I tell them to dress modestly because other people have the right not to have to look at your uncovered parts. But we misunderstand what freedom is. The biggest thing that we take for granted is the fact that freedom is not free. It costs something. And it costs dearly. The price for freedom is not cheap. And we need to understand that. The freedom that we experience in our country was paid for by the blood of men, women, and children that fought in the Revolutionary War. That fought in the Civil War. That fought in the Vietnam War, in World War I, World War II, the war in Korea, the war in Afghanistan, the war in Iraq. All of this was the price for freedom. But what I want us to talk about today is the freedom that cannot be purchased by anybody in this room. This freedom cannot be bought. It cannot be learned. This freedom was bought by the blood of Jesus Christ. So if you turn in your Bibles, we're going to look at one verse as our our focal point tonight or today. That's John 8 verse 36. And if you stand as I read this, it'll be on your screen. John chapter 8, verse 36 says this, and this is Jesus speaking. So if the Son makes you free, you will be free indeed. Let's pray. Lord, Please bless the reading of your word. And thank you for the freedom that we have in Jesus Christ. And it's in the precious name of Jesus Christ, our Savior, we pray. Amen. You may be seated. So to understand this freedom that we have in Christ, we have to look at some things. First off, we need to look at what freedom in Christ does not mean. This is what it doesn't mean. Freedom in Christ does not mean total autonomy. It doesn't mean 
that we are independent, that we can do whatever, you know, many Christians have been duped into thinking that they can do whatever they want. I have the freedom in Christ, therefore I can do whatever I want to do. This is the same lie that Satan told Eve in the garden. The idea is that, hey, I can do whatever I want to do because I'm a child of God. See, Satan told Eve that if she would take of the forbidden fruit, that she would become just like God. See, in Genesis, Genesis chapter 3, verse 5, it says, God knows that in the day you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. See, up until that point, Eve, Adam and Eve were both dependent upon God for everything. And he told them that they could have everything in the garden, but, just, but no, don't eat of this one tree. One thing they couldn't do. And he told, the, and Satan told Eve, God's telling you not to eat it because he knows that if you eat it, you'll be just like him. Able to do whatever you want to know, do, you'll be no good from, from evil you'll be able to do, be just like God. Being free in Christ does not mean that we can do whatever we want to do. The idea or illusion of absolute freedom to make our own rules is self-destructive. See, in Romans 3, verse 10, Paul writes to, in his letter to the Roman church, he said, As it is written, there is none righteous, not even one. When we think that we can do whatever we want, as a Christian, that becomes self-destructive. It is very self-destructive. And then freedom in Christ does not mean that it's okay to disobey Him. Some people think that because we're covered in grace or that, that we can do whatever we want to do. That it's okay. If I want to, if I want to drop the F-bomb, that's okay because I'm covered in grace and I, I, I should be... If I want to go get drunk on a Saturday night, that's okay. I can do that if I want to do it. If I want to go cheat on my wife, that's okay. Because I'm covered by grace and God will forgive me. In what world does that make sense? If I want to go down there and punch Whitey Green right in the face just because I want to do it, it's okay. Because I'm covered in grace and God forgives me. So you have to, too. Would you do that? If I came down there and punched you in the nose, what would you do? He would knock me flat. I know what he would do. And I would expect him to, just like I didn't expect anybody else to do that. But we have this messed up understanding of what freedom is and we think that we can disobey his commands in fact look, paul writes this in romans again to the to the to the, the church in rome in chapter 6 verses 1 and 2 what shall we say then are we to continue in sin so that grace may increase may it never be i like the way the king james version says that it says god forbid Basically, what he is saying, he's like, Church, are you stupid? That's what he's saying. May it never be. How shall we who died to sin still live in it? Basically, what he's saying is that if we have asked Christ to forgive us our sins, 
How in the world can we then turn around and do the very things that He forgave us for? You wouldn't put up with that from your kids or your spouse or anybody else. Eventually, you'd get tired of it. If I kept cheating on my wife and kept asking her to forgive me, and I kept doing it because she did forgive me, how many times do you think it'd take before she said, I've had enough of this. Get out of my house. Knowing my wife, it would not take very long at all. She wouldn't put up with it. But we expect the Creator, God, the author of salvation, to put up with it. You see, Jesus said, by this they shall know that you are my disciples, that you keep my commandments. That's how you're going to prove that you are my disciple, is that you obey what I tell you to. And when he says, thou shalt not, he means thou shalt not. Period. But I want to be very clear on this. Christians are not free from rules. Yes, we have freedom from having, and I will get into this later, but we have freedom from the law, but that means something different. But that does not mean that we're free from rules. In fact, Jesus says something to the Pharisees. In Matthew chapter 23, verse 23, He says this, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you tithe mint and dill and cumin, and have neglected the weightier provisions of the law, justice and mercy and faithfulness. But these are things you should have done without neglecting the others. See, a lot of times we in churches are just like the scribes and Pharisees. We are hypocrites. Because we pick and choose what we want to be obedient to and what we want to see follow through. Sometimes we want to make sure that people see us tithe. We want to give to God. But we forget the things about showing mercy, about forgiveness, about loving our neighbor as ourselves. We forget about those things. There is nothing... No command that God gives or that Christ gives that should be ignored. We are not free from the law. In fact, I've told you many times, that anything less than 100 percent perfect obedience is what? Disobedience. And God expects perfect obedience from us. He deserves perfect obedience. Which means that we can't pick and choose what we want to listen to and what we want to ignore. So what does it mean to be free in Christ? Christians are free from condemnation. Simply put, we're not free, but we're forgiven. Or we're not perfect, but we are forgiven. Anyone who is guilty of violating the law of God deserves eternal damnation in hell. And let me stop right there and tell you this. Sometimes you'll hear preachers preach that hell is just a separation from God. I'm sorry. Yes, it is a separation from God. But hell is a very real place. It is not a place where you go to party. It is a place of torment, of torture, of pain, agony. And yes, 
It is a separation for all eternity from God, but it is a very, very real place. Every responsible human being is guilty of sin and thus deserving the condemnation. See, Romans 3.23, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But the good news is this, is that Jesus accepted the condemnation on our behalf. He took the punishment that we deserved on our behalf. Romans 8.1 Therefore, there is no, now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And Christians are free from having to be good enough to get into heaven. See, there's a lot of people that believe that they have to be good enough to get into heaven. Well, how good is good enough? Why did God give us the Ten Commandments? Why did He give us the law in the Old Testament? He gave it to us for one purpose. And that is to show us that we are, will never be good enough. Because Jesus says if you break one part of the law, you're guilty of breaking the whole law. We will never measure up on our own. We can never be good enough to meet the standard that God has set to enter His heaven. We can't do it on our own. Romans 3.20 Because by works of the law, no flesh will be justified in His sight. For through the law comes the knowledge of sin. We know about ourselves because of the law that we will never measure up. That we acknowledge the fact that we are sinners and that we fall short of the standard that God has set. But in Christ, we are free from keeping the law for the exclusive purpose of meriting our way into heaven. Romans 10.4 For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. Simply put, what Paul is saying in that verse is this, is that we accept Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. We no longer have to worry about meeting those standards set by the law. Does that mean that we are able to disobey those? No, that's not what he's saying. What he is saying is this, is that we will never measure up, but because of Jesus Christ and our faith in Him, when God looks at us, He sees His perfect Son. And He sees us standing there. And He accepts us as His own. Sort of like this. Little Teddy Barcher. Okay? The standard is here. Little Teddy Barcher's down here. He doesn't meet that standard, right? But when he accepts Jesus Christ as his Savior, it's like Jesus picks him up and puts him on his shoulders. And Teddy by far meets that standard. Same thing with us. Because we have Jesus Christ, we meet those standards. And we are no longer expected to be perfect because we are made perfect in Christ. And Christians are free from fear. Christians should not obey God just because they are... Fear eternal damnation. We obey God because we love Him. Now there's a big difference in doing something because you're afraid. Those of you that have been in relationships, 
and have done things because you are afraid of losing the other person. That relationship doesn't last very long anyway. That's not a good basis for a relationship is doing things out of fear because you're afraid that you'll lose them. But on the other hand, if you do things because you love the other person, that relationship grows and it's strong. That's the same type of relationship we should have with Jesus Christ and with God is that we do things because we love Him. We obey Him because we love Him. Because we acknowledge the fact that He has died for us. And we do things not because we're scared of going to hell, but we do things because we're going to heaven in the first place. See the difference? That's freedom in Christ. The fact that we don't have to be afraid. We don't have to do things through fear. We do things because we love Him. 1 John 5, 2-3 says this, By this we know that we love the children of God. When we love God and observe His commandments, for this is the love of God, that we keep His commandments, and His commandments are not burdensome. You see, sometimes people think that being free is not, do, is not having to worry about rules doing whatever we want to do. But in fact, being free allows us to follow rules in a totally different way. And we realize that the, the, the commandments of Christ are not burdensome. We don't have to change ourselves. Because God and His Holy Spirit starts to begin to change us from the inside out. And the next thing you know, the things that we dreaded to do are the things that we love to do. The things that we didn't want to change are the things that we eagerly give up because we want to be more and more like Christ. So in conclusion, being free in Christ, which is real freedom, means seeing things clearly. It means knowing who you are and what God has done for you in Christ. It means loving and obeying Him with the full assurance that God will make good on His promise and you will spend eternity with Him. This kind of freedom doesn't come by living forever or living however you want or picking and choosing what laws to follow. True freedom comes from believing and obeying the gospel. Church, in today's society, there is a big misunderstanding about what freedom is. There is also a big misunderstanding about what it means to be a Christian. There are some that believe that they can act one way in these four walls and then act something totally different when they go out from here. Trust me. You can't be a saint and live like the devil all week long. And just because you come into this building on Sundays and sit in these pews also doesn't mean that you're a saint. Because anything short of total surrender to Jesus Christ, accepting Him as your personal Savior, asking forgiveness of your sins, and following Him, doing a 180 and walking away from that old life, and embracing the new life through Jesus Christ, you will not know the freedom. It's not freedom from obeying 
rules and commands. But it's freedom from knowing that we do not have to be good enough. Because we have the freedom in Christ. We have the freedom to enjoy our lives. We have the freedom to know that we are forgiven. We have the freedom to know that we can share in all boldness what Christ has done for us. And what better day than today? The day that we celebrate our country's freedom when we broke away from tyranny and we formed a new country. What better day than today to break away from the stranglehold that sin has on us and experience the freedom that only comes through Jesus Christ. If you don't know that freedom today, don't leave this place without knowing for sure that you have that freedom in Christ by accepting Him as your personal Savior. If you want to become part of this family of believers, today is the day to do that. If you've accepted Christ, but you've never, never celebrated baptism and showing the world what has happened on the inside, today is the day to come forward as a candidate for baptism. Whatever it is God is telling you to do today, you take care of that right now. This is your opportunity. As we sing this song, listen to what God is leading you to do. Would you stand as we sing our hymn of invitation, number 310, Out of My Bondage, Sorrow, and Night. 310. TV screen. Uh, Sakura Hicks, she came to me during Bible school and she prayed uh, the prayer and accepted Jesus Christ into her heart as Lord and Savior. And she comes today seeking baptism. Isn't that awesome? Amen. So if you're excited about this decision, and you can't wait to see Sakura be baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Let me hear a hearty amen. amen. Okay, I'm going to ask Sakura and her mama, if you guys would go to the back. This is, this is Morgan and her dad, Sean. If you guys would go to the back door right here, and as that people come out, and, and just tell you how excited they are for your decision, Sakura. And I'm going to ask Jim, don't forget... Um, there was a little bit of understanding. We had talked about in staff meeting about a month ago about having a cookout tonight because we weren't able to have one last week um, because of VBS. 
but we're not able to do that. So uh, we will have a cookout on the 25th of this month, the last Sunday of July. We'll have our regular uh, picnic down at the creek. But don't forget, Sunday, or Wednesday night, Bible study for youth and children, as well as adults here at 6.30. Don't forget the, the work day on Thursday down at the creek. Um, I think you guys are going to be pleasantly surprised if they're able to get this done before the, uh, our next cookout down there. So, um, and don't forget, be in prayer about our deacons' nominations, and above all, don't forget what it means to be free in Christ and share that with somebody this week. And I'm going to ask Jim if he would mind dismissing us in prayer. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for allowing us to be here in a nation where we can still gather together in your name and, and openly worship and bring glory and honor to you. We, we thank you for the terrible sacrifice that people have have given in order to be, that we could be free here in America. And Lord, we thank you for being citizens of your kingdom, the holy kingdom of God. We thank you for young Sikora's commitment, and yet another person has joined that kingdom. Thank you so much for all we, we have, Lord. As we depart this place and we go out to our, our celebrations, our gatherings, and, and just out into the world, we ask that you'd give us opportunities to share the gospel of Christ with those around us. Help us to walk in your light, to be free from sin, and live in obedience and honor to you. For it's in the holy will of God we pray. Amen. Amen. <clears throat>